Wednesday, you know what it is. It's your girl Jay, and it's time for another edition of the Ruckus. Holding me down, RB, Raging Babe, Ryan Bivens, Mr. Sweet Boxing. We got another great show for this week. We'll be joined by top rank hot prospect Oscar Valdez. We're going to recap the busy fight weekend that just passed. We saw a new heavyweight champion get crowned. WBA derecognized, hashtag derecognized the WBA, but we're going to talk about it anyway. We'll talk about Lucas Brown versus Chigaya. We're going to talk about Julian Williams sliding into that number one spot for the IBF junior middleweight title. Is Charlo going to fight him? Is Charlo not going to fight him? Who knows? But we're going to talk about that. We got a lot of fights to talk about. We're going to talk about Jesse Vargas taking down Saddam Ali's O to become the WBO welterweight champion, picked up the vacant belt. And Luis Ortiz just pretty much steamrolled through his latest victim, Tony Thompson. Have a feeling that Tony Thompson's wife's hip is still intact. Much to her dismay, much to her chagrin, I don't know. Maybe she's happy about it. So if you'd like to call in and speak with us, the dial-in number is 718-508-9852. Once again, 718-508-9852. And make sure that you are following all of us on Twitter, in addition to the Bad Culture uh, Twitter account, The Bad Culture, Ryan Bibbins, Raging Babe, and Jet Hang. With that, I will start with my Phil, both of my Philly, they're both my Philly connection, one in Phoenix, one in Philly, but both from Philly. What's going on, Ryan Bibbins? What's good in the East Coast tonight? Well, you know, I'm just showing, um I've seen a lot of fighters lately. You know, I was at the Jesse Media Day today. And I actually saw him and uh, Brian Jennings at, at the media day and at LA Fitness and um and Bali Kimmel last night. Oh. Excellent, excellent. And R B, what's happening in the southwest with you today? Uh oh. Oscar Valdez. R B Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you had me muted. Oh, like, my feelings are hurt. Oh, my no, my bad. No, every, everything's good out here in Phoenix. Uh, beautiful day out here today. I'm happy we were able to get Oscar Valdez back on last week. Um, there was a little bit of conflict with his training schedule and the show. And after the show, we had a ton of people hitting us up like, hey, why wasn't Oscar Valdez on? So um, I know a lot of people are anticipating him being on the show tonight. So I'm glad we finally got him. I'm looking forward to it, too. That kid is bad, 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 bad. If you want to see him boy. in action, if you haven't. If you haven't seen his full fight, jump on YouTube and just type in Oscar Valdez highlight. Undoubtedly, we're going to see a great, great fight with him and uh, the Mexican-Russian Eugeni Gradovich on April 9th on the Pac Bradley undercard. About a month away from that, uh, about a month away from the Pac Bradley three fight. So looking forward to that. And we will be there, Jay. We will. I know we will. We have some surprises in store for you who make it out to Vegas for Pack Bradley 3. You will see me. You will see Raging Babe. And you will see 
probably the 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 offline birth of the Punch in Morning Show with R B and J. It's gonna be real cool. So make sure you check us out in Vegas. Let's see. As we are waiting for Mr. Valdez to join us, he should be joining us momentarily. Let's get into uh let's talk a quick story. Guillermo Rigendahl's latest fight is off. He's stuck in Russia with visa issues and can't get out of Russia to take on his next fight. Ryan, is Rigondeau just cursed? He can't get on TV, can't get out of Russia. You know, what do we do with Rigondeau at this point? Well, he, he did get out of Russia. He came back to the United States, and that's the problem. Like, he was he was applying for a visa to go to the U.K., and he mm. was in Russia, and, and you know, so, like, some, some um, whatever organization handles that, you know, they had, like, his, his stuff on hold, it's being processed, and then he just skipped town, so it completely you know, like, ended the whole, you know, process. And mm. had he just stayed in Russia, where he was where he was training, uh, he, he would have been able to fight on that, that um, Terry Matthews uh, and uh, Terry Flanagan card over in the U.K. But, I mean, he just, he, he shot himself in the foot. That's all there is to it. I don't know. Maybe he was getting a little stir-crazy, but we'll get back into more of that during your news segment. Let's bring on our first guest, our only guest, Joining us now, 520-982. Who am I speaking with, and where are you calling from? Uh, this is Oscar Valdez, calling from Lake Gosto, California. Hey, up, Oscar, how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good, pretty good. Just warming up, and I'm um, about to get ready to um, head for a little run later on. All right. I know last awesome. week we interfered with your schedule a little bit, so we want to get you in and out because we know this is about the time that you're running. So let's jump right into it. Um, you have this big fight coming up with Gradovich on April 9th on the Pacquiao Mayweather, uh, yeah, <laughs> Pacquiao Bradley pay-per-view card. I want to know who was the mastermind behind this matchup. Was it Frank Espinosa? Was it Top Rank? Who masterminded this matchup? You know, I think it was uh, between both of them, um, Frank Espinosa and, and Top Rank. I think I think it was a perfect timing for uh, for this fight to happen. You know, I feel I'm in great shape for this. I think I'm uh, uh, I'm very prepared for this fight mentally and physically. That's great. So, what was your reaction when they came to the table and they said, "Oscar, we have Gradovich April 9th. What was your reaction? Was it a no-brainer? Did you want other options? We just want your reaction. Oh no, I got very excited. Very very excited. The first thing that came in my mind was uh, I wanted to hit the gym. I was back home in Hermosillo, and once I heard the big news, you know, I wanted to come back to California and get ready for for the training camp. That's cool. So, because this is such a you know big step up for you in in a lot of people's eyes, I'm pretty sure you had to step your camp up. So, did you bring in some you know better? or what have you done differently in this fight to better prepare you for April 9th? Well, this this fight for me is the same as all the other fights. You know, I take all my fights very seriously. So, um, you know, we've been just doing the same thing as we did since since day one, you know, working with my trainer, Manny Robles. We just, um, for each fighter, we got something different, you know, just work on technique. That will be the only thing different. But we work hard for each and every fight. It's one thing uh, my trainer says, um, Every fight is more important than the last one. And, you know, this fight is the most important fight in my life right now. You know, if, if God wants and, you know, I come victorious, you know, the next fight will be even more important. 
Right. So, you know, I think that this is pretty much the biggest stage that you have fought on. I mean, this is a pay-per-view card. It's in Las Vegas. You know, are your nerves ready for this? I mean, do you understand how mega big this is? Oh, yeah. You know, I've been, I've been waiting for this moment. You know, I'm very, like I said, I'm very excited for this for a lot of reasons. You know, being in such a great card, like Kermit Dubelli and Pacquiao, just a great opportunity for me to show who Oscar Valdez is. You know, I know a lot of crowds are going to be there. So that's very exciting for me. And second of all, I'm excited for this fight, you know, because I know Granovich. I mean, I've seen him fight before. He's an exciting fighter. He likes to come in and throw a lot of punches and makes the fights interesting. And that's the style that I like. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited for those reasons, you know, and I'm, like um, like we said, you know, we might even steal the show. You know, I'm, I'm very excited for this, and I'm just excited and anxious to go in there. Well, before I pass this over to Ryan, I'll tell you that when they first announced Pacquiao Bradley, I thought, oh, okay, you know, but I wasn't, like, booking my ticket to go to Vegas. I wasn't booking my hotel room. But when they announced the undercard, I'm like, yo, we got to go. You know, so I think everyone is really looking forward to the undercard, looking forward to your fight. So I'm going to pass it over to Ryan Bivens. He has a couple questions for you next. Okay. Go ahead, Ryan. Hi, Oscar. Um, You know, Evgeny hasn't looked very good in the ring since about, I'd say, 2014. What version of of Granovich are you expecting? Because in his last two fights, he's fighting, you know, eight-rounder and a ten-rounder against guys that are considered journeymen, and he's, he's barely getting by. Like, did you expect him to, you know, kick back up into his, you know, former championship mode when he faces you? Or is he just, you know, over the hill? Oh, I'm expecting the best Gradovich. You know, I can't expect the, uh, a weak Gradovich because, you know, you never know what he's going to bring to the table. You know, I'm expecting the best. And, you know, um, you better be expecting the best Oscar Valdez because I'm, I'm training very hard for this. And, you know, I never take no fight lightly. You know, I'm expecting the best fighter that's going to go in there and give it his best. You know, you, uh, you know, and just last year you had your biggest win against Chris Avalos. Um, are you expecting a harder fight than that or about the same? It was impressive, by the way. I'm just expecting a good fight. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be prepared to go all 10 rounds. And if they say he's going to throw 100 punches, I'm going to throw 110 mm-hmm. punches. Uh, if, uh, I'm just going to be very prepared for, for, for whatever. You know, I'm never going to go in there expecting a knockout. You know, if I'm a knockout goes. It goes on his own. But, you know, like I said, I'm just going to be in there 100% in shape. Okay. Since, since his belt is for the NABO featherweight title, this will put you in line for, for a title shot, I guess, the NABO champion. How soon are you looking for that fight? Well, well, not looking over this fight. You know, I, um, I don't know. I'm not the type of fighter that uh, overthinks over no fights. But, you know, if, uh, if everything goes well, like we expected it was going to go, um, I know if I win a clear fight and uh, I prove um, to myself that, that 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 I won a clear fight, uh, it's going to be a big step, and hopefully um, uh, a world title will come very soon after this fight. But like I said, first things first, you know, I got Gradovich uh, very, very uh, in my mind, so I'm just going to wait for this fight. Okay. Um, do you know who the WBO champion is? Uh, I think it's Vasilo Mashenko. Right. And, you know, uh, considering that, you know, you're both top-ranked fighters, how likely is it that Bob Ann would make the fight? Oh, I think it's I think it's likely. I think, you know, it's more likely to happen. 
Last I heard, um, Lomachenko, I think, moved up weight to fight. Um, he's going to fight Nicholas Walsh, I think. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to then drop down to 126 again or stay in the 130. Um, but like I said, right now I'm not thinking about Lomachenko, Walters, or, or no fighter, but Gradovich. But, you know, in the future, anything can happen. You know, if, if he's a top-ranked fighter and he's in my weight class, I don't see why not make the fight. Okay, thank you. Um, Jander? Yeah, I have a quick question for you, Oscar. You are proud. You are a proud Mexican fighter. Mex- long line of Mexican, great Mexican fighters. You said you still train in Hermosillo. You're fighting against a guy that they call the Mexican Russian. We have other fighters who refer to their style as Mexican style. As a Mexican fighter, how do you feel about that? Well, you know, I don't really think about it. To be honest, you know. I'm- uh, just proves that you know having a style, a Mexican style, is, it means it's, it's an exciting style. Um, that's what people want to see. That's why they call themselves the Mexican Russian or the Mexican style, because that's what people want to see. Go in there and give great fights, wars, how we call it. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure Granovich is very proud to be a Russian, the same way I'm very proud to be a Mexican. And you know, that day we're gonna be both gonna bring the flags. It's gonna be a war, pretty much a war. Hey. I don't know, Oscar. I think I would feel some type of way, you know I mean, if I'm Mexican and this Russian comes out with the big sombrero on and he's coming out with mariachis and all this, and it's like, hold <laughs> up, like, aren't you the Mexican star? Exactly. Like, you don't right. you don't feel no type of way? Oh, I, like I said, I didn't really think about it, but well, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm the authentic Mexican. I'll say that. <laughs> the authentic <laughs> Mexican, you know I'm not. I'm not the Mexican Russian or Russian Mexican. I'm, I'm the Mexican Mexican. <laughs> You're the Mexican all right. Mexican. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Do me a favor. Describe Gradovich in three words. If you could pick any three words that would best describe him, describe him for us. A very aggressive fighter. Okay, I could agree with that. So, listen, God willing, you get past Gradovich and you win and you come out victorious. Are you going to be ready to call out the winner of Lomachenko versus Walters? Well, um, if they were 126, I would do it. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, I feel I'm, I'm, uh, my weight class right now is 126, and I feel great in this weight class. But, you know, if they were to come down to 126, or in the, even in the future, if I can't make 126, then I'll have to go up to 130. Of course, I, I would like to fight um, either one. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid to fight no fighters out there, especially if it's a top-ranked fighter, you know. Well, I don't see why not. All right. What do you think your toughest fight to date is? Would you think? Would you say it was Ruben Tamayo? Um, no, I, I would say my last fight, just to, just to the fact that, um, Every fight is more important than the last one. Um, my toughest fight wasn't wasn't the Mayo, you know. Um, I had to say um, Chris Avalos, I would think. Mm. It's the fact that I, I went to distance with um, with the Mayo. It, it was a I felt good inside the ring, you know. Just he was a little he was a little um, awkward fighter, but you know I, I think I still think I won the fight very clear. You know, you haven't fought that many southpaws that I can think of. Do you do you mind fighting southpaws? Do you re- would you rather avoid fighting southpaws? Oh no, not at all. You know, um, as a professional, I probably fought uh, four southpaws the most. But as an amateur, probably fought hundred uh, mm-hmm. southpaws. 
So it's, it's not really a difference. You know, there's ways to play softballs. There's different types of softballs. So, you know, when we got um, – we we got very good spines. We had to fight softball, so that, that wouldn't be a problem for me. I wouldn't really mind. Oscar, right, are you ready to make a prediction for the fight? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Both for my fight or for whose fight? <laughs> for, for for your for you for your fight. How do you see this fight ending? <laughs> I just see myself with my hands up, uh, winning the fight. By knockout, is it going to go the distance? Um, I, I, I would think distance. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with distance, winning winning all the rounds by 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 uh, clear decision. All right. So listen, we know that you're really good friends with Felix Verdejo, and you probably get this question a lot. But will your friendship with him prevent a fight in the future? I mean, you see that happen a lot in boxing today. Like, oh, that's my boy, that's my brother, he's my friend, I can't fight him. Will your friendship with Verdejo prevent a big fight from happening one day? Well, if, I mean, if we were the same weight class, like if I were to go up um, two weight classes, um, I wouldn't mind fighting him. And I don't think he would mind fighting me either. You know, like I said, we're, we're good friends, but pretty sure once we're going to be in the ring, we're going to try to kill each other. Um, he's a, he's a very good fighter, but you know anything can happen in the future. You know, hopefully he um um I don't know if he's gonna stay stay in that weight class 135. Is he gonna move up or go down? Um, right now I'm very good at 126, and you know anything can happen. You know, if we're in the same weight class in the future. I don't see why not making a fight. I think it will be a very interesting fight. Um, you know, a rivalry with Mexico and, and Puerto Rico. They're always showing very good fights, and you know, that's mm-hmm. what the crowd wants. So that would be a very interesting fight. But if it were, if it were to happen, you know, uh, uh, if we were to be in the same weight class in the near future. All right. So one more before we have a little fun with you. Um, last time I saw you in Tucson, I asked you about Leo Santa Cruz, and you kind of laughed, and you're like, man, I would love to fight him. So I have to oh. ask you, <laughs> do you – I have to ask you, do you feel that you've had a harder road compared to Leo Santa Cruz? Um, I don't I don't think I had a harder road. To be honest, I would think he had it a little bit harder. Just the fact that I'm I'm an Olympian, you know, and being an Olympian I think they that opened the doors for me, um, turning in professional. I don't know, to be honest, I don't really know how Leo Santa Cruz had it going into professionals, but you know, um I don't know who had it rougher, but, you know, uh, what I do know is it'll be a very good fight, very interesting fight, me and China Cruz. Like I've always said, I've never, I, I don't got nothing personal with none of these fighters. They just got a belt, and that's my dream to be to have a belt. So I'm just going to keep on working hard till that day happens. All right, cool. So I think uh, we're going to have a little fun with you now. Jay, if you want to introduce, we made up this little game for you, Oscar, because right. we know that you love animals and you have, like, this pet crocodile. So we have a game for you. I'm going to let Jay introduce the game. Okay. All right. For those of you, for those of you who follow Oscar in social media, like, like RB said, he loves animals, specifically reptiles. No fuzzy dog for him. He's got an alligator. Keep it away from me. It might turn into uh, some shoes and a belt. But we called this game Oscar the Reptile Hunter, kind of a play on you know, the, the animal hunter type TV shows. So we're going to ask you a few questions and we hope 
that you have the correct answer on these animal-related questions. So, Arby, okay. take it away. All right. Here we go. Let's see. Which of these animals is a reptile, a cat, a lizard, or Adrian Broner? <laughs> oh, lizard. <laughs> uh, he, he got that one, Jay. That's one. Uh, let's get, let's see. Which of these animals are cold-blooded? A snake, a rabbit, or Richard Schaefer? Richard Schaefer, no doubt. Without a doubt. All right, here we go. Next one. Which animal is the oldest living animal on Earth? Is it a turtle, a horse, or Bob Arum? I think a turtle. Yep, you're right. It is a turtle. (laughs) Couple more. Which animal is the king of the jungle? Is it a lion, a giraffe, or Muhammad Ali? Muhammad Ali. All right. Which animal is the most deadly? A shark, a kangaroo, or Don King? Don King. <laughs> we were hoping you would say that. All right. Um, two more. No, you're not. He is definitely a killer. Um, next one. Which duck is Literally. part of the waterfowl duck family? Is it a goose, pigeon, or a Donna Stevenson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'll go with Donna Stevenson. <laughs> hey, you know what? Do you know do ducks have teeth? Excuse me? Do ducks have teeth? Yes. They do? They have bills, too. Have teeth? Well, uh, not ducks. Uh, goose. Okay. All right. So next one. Two more, for real. Which animal has the sharpest eye vision? Is it a hawk? A bat or Antonio Margarito? <laughs> oh, I can't go with Margarito on that one. <laughs> I'll go hot. Okay. That's right. It is a hawk. It has the sharpest eye vision. And, and the very last one here. Um, actually, you know what? Where'd it go? Okay. Which of these animals hides from predators when they're confronted? Is it a cat? A sloth, Leo Santa Cruz, or all of the above? (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I'm not going (laughs) to. All right. Oscar, thank you so much for being a good sport. We're going to wrap you up here tonight, unless Brian or Jay, unless anybody has anything. No, Oscar, you are such a great sport. I love you that you have a sense of humor. We wish you the best of luck in your fight, and uh, hopefully we can have you on uh, after you are victorious, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Well, thank you for having me, and of course, you know, uh, whatever you guys want, I'll be right here. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, and uh, see you out in Vegas. Perfect. All right. So that for those of you listening, that was Oscar Valdez. Once again, he will be on the Pack Bradley undercard against Evgeny Gradovich on April 9th. So make sure you tune in. The pay-per-view is worth it. 
just for the undercar. Fantastic undercar shaping up for Pack Bradley 3, even if you're not interested in the main event. And then, hey, tune in for the undercar because it's going to be a great one. Why don't we take a real quick commercial break? And when we come back, we will get into the latest news with Ryan and whatever else we come up with. Are you looking for a website that has all the latest and upcoming boxing events plus unique and stylish boxing shirts and hoodies for men and women? Go check out RagingBabe.com. It's your one-stop shop for the most current boxing info and fresh boxing apparel for him and her. Shop online today at RagingBabe.com. Use the promo code RB20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase today. That's code RB20 for 20% off your entire purchase today. Only at RagingBabe.com. So join the movement and see why attitude and loyalty become passion and determination. Only at RagingBabe.com. All right, and we're back. You know what it is. It's the ruckus. It's Wednesday night. Jay LaBeouf, RB, Ryan Bivens bring you the latest in boxing news. Shout out to Oscar Valdez, who we just wrapped up our segment with. When the show concludes tonight, the entire interview will be available on YouTube for you to download if you tuned in in the middle or then catch the whole thing or you want to write your articles and not cite our show as your source, then, hey, that'll be available for you to do. Just make sure you click the download button. So let us jump right into uh, the boxing news. Uh, Ryan, you got something on Valdez you wanted to get, uh, hit us off with? Yeah. Because um, Lomachenko and Walters is going to be at 130, and Lomachenko's probably vacating his, his 126-pound title. If that title becomes vacant, Valdez, you know, he is the number one contender for it and everything. But, he, you know, he'd have to fight, I guess, number two, or if number two declines, number three, you know, for the vacant title. And looking at the WBO rankings, we're not going to get a good fight out of this. <laughs> uh, number two rated is a guy from Argentina, Mateus Rueda. He pretty much fought nobody. I've seen him fight. He's, you know, decent for an Argentine fighter, you know, domestically. Uh, another guy, number three rated, Chalantin, uh Pino. He has, I think, fought for a world title a few times. He has a lot of fights, but he's just not that good. How old is he? Let me say. He is 31 years old. Last world title fight. Well, he fought on the single, right, back in 2014. And before that, he fought Chris John in 2012. Those are pretty much the only two noble people on his resume. He has a great record, though, 59-2. and two. It's just, you know, those, those 59 wins are against people you would not know. So, yeah, uh, it, it looks like uh, the, the next WBO champion is definitely going to be Oscar Valdez. I, I just don't see anybody rated in, in the, the top 10 that would remotely give him. WBO's ratings are terrible. I mean, they're really, really bad in this weight class for whatever reason. So, yeah, that's oh. all I wanted to say. All right. Awesome. Before we jump into... Uh the news and start talking about the, the weekend fight. We've been doing our segment for the last few weeks now since the announcement of the Canelo Khan fight called loosely Khan He Do It. I don't have anything great. Amir Khan has settled down and is entrenched in camp life. So we'll do a reverse Khan He Do It. Uh, story today on boxing scene, Canelo Alvarez says, I only demanded what was fair and Amir Khan accepted. He, so... Let me get the quote here. I only demanded what was fair, and he accepted the conditions, Canelo told ESPN Deportes. I climb into the ring at whatever weight, that, whatever weight that's going to give me the win, whether it's 180 pounds or 190 pounds. 
I if I think it's the appropriate weight for me on the day of the fight. A hundred and ninety pounds is a hell of a lot of weight to enter the ring at if you are weighing in the day before at one hundred and fifty five pounds. Now, I I'm I'm not skinny. I can tie the feed bag on pretty damn great. I can sure talk back some drinks, but there is no way in hell I could gain 35 to 40 pounds overnight. That is just insane. RB, what do you think about that? Well, not only is it insane, it's just not healthy. You know, if you ask some of the old school fighters and old school trainers, you know, that's just not cute. You know, if you want to rehydrate 20, 30 pounds overnight, it, that's actually very, very dangerous. Um, so I don't see any advantage to somebody coming in that much heavier the next morning. Ryan, you're a fighter. What's the most, in the fights that you've had, what's the most you've hydrated after a weigh-in? Oh, I mean, hydrated eight, like, you know, full stomach and everything, uh, 12 pounds. That's crazy. That's crazy. Twelve pounds sounds reasonable. I could totally see that. And like I'm I had done. to really try. I had like that was like a lot of effort put into putting that twelve pounds on. <laughs> like I I had drank as much and ate as much as I could pretty much. So putting on twenty twenty five pounds, I, people have done it, but it's just it's unreasonable to me. Well, I don't. Know. I just keep. It's got to be dangerous. I mean, doesn't it slow you down, Ryan? I mean, if you put on twenty thirty pounds overnight. Yeah, you might think you're cool, like, oh, yeah, look how big I am. But doesn't that slow you down? Don't you feel sluggish? Doesn't that really affect your body? Ooh, um, the, the sluggish part will go away if it was put on, you know, enough time in advance. Like, as long as you're not, like, still stuffing your face, I'd say, you know, six to eight hours before the fight, then, you know, that, that stuff kind of comes out of your system. And, you know, or at least, like, in the area, it would, uh, you know, cause you to be sluggish. I don't know. I just, forgive me, listeners, and forgive me, panel, for my ignorance. I just feel like I would have to go to the bathroom or something during the course of the fight. If oh, I yeah, you definitely have to go to the bathroom before wait. you fight. That's for sure. Like, oh. before you get wrapped up, like, force yourself to go to the bathroom. That's a must. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I've got to say, um, you know, I've been in a couple camps with Gabriel Rosado, and Honestly, and he knows this because I've said it to him, I don't really like the way he rehydrated for the Claudie fight. If anybody watched the Claudie fight, he looked so big. I mean, Do you guys agree with me how big oh, yeah, he looked he, compared he's, he's to Claudie? He was much bigger. He's much bigger. He, he was much bigger. And if you if you watched him fight Vera and BKB, you know, he, he didn't come in that much heavier the next day. If you watched him against Lemieux, he didn't really blow up against Lemieux and and, again, sometimes these fighters, they do different things and they start working with different strength and conditioning coaches. And, you know, there's really no need to reinvent the wheel. There's no magic trick. And so sometimes when you try these new things as fighters, it actually makes you look bad and you become sluggish and, and you actually rehydrate too, too much. So, you know, simple is better. I mean, eat good after the weigh-in. You know, still eat some chicken. Like, don't go eat, like, bowls of ice cream and, and all this other right. stuff just to come in heavy. I mean, that does nothing. Nothing. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that's another big part of it. you got to eat the right foods. You can't just, like, eat junk food. <laughs> eat yeah. food is actually going to do good in the rank. 
Well, yeah. I know one thing before my fight, if I get in the ring, I'm going to eat some gumbo before we get in the fight. Let's get into this news. <laughs> Okay, a lot of uh, a lot of news happens over the week. Um, for one, a boxing legend, you know, one of the greatest ever, Sugar Ray Leonard. He uh, he's been stalked, and you know, some guy was you know trying to kill him, his family. So he finally put out a restraining order on the guy who whose whose name is Mark Anthony Francisco. Uh, I, I think the guy's mentally ill, but I guess enough is enough. Um, I guess one of the letters he sent uh, Ray was, "I will kill you, your mother, and your daughters." <laughs> mm. uh, he also said You need to make a deposit To my checking account Before I shoot the shit out of your ass And he also oh, said Oh hell no I mean what the fuck I Did and said I hate a punk nigger Oh Wow yeah. Wow. Wow. No. <laughs> Where did that get yeah, His name is Mark Anthony Francisco is he a Trump supporter? Mm. Uh, <laughs> Is he I I don't know anything about the guy besides his name and this crazy stuff that he's been saying. But uh, yeah, Sugar Ray, he's got a restraining on him now. So hopefully that you know goes away. That's just weird. I mean, Sugar Ray, he has not been in the ring in a very long time. But uh, what kind of a uh, weirdo stalks Sugar Ray Leonard? I mean, that's just so weird. Yeah. Groupies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on to the next. Right. Right. You know, we had a lot of upsets over the weekend. Um, you know, Salama Ali got knocked mm. out. Um uh, uh Antoine Douglas got stopped. Um that was Holly fun. Holm. Holly Holm got choked out the last, you know, couple minutes of the fight, even though that's MMA, but I mean that's my girl. Uh, she one of the greatest female fighters uh, in boxing. I mean, she transitioned MMA, not that Ronda Rousey, but she just lost the title to Misha Tate. It was uh, it was tough to watch. <laughs> but you know what happened? Misha stayed in her lane. She she knew she could not box with this woman. Like everything was just you know waiting to get the takedown, and she she played like a kind of uh, a counter role. Like she she let Holly leave, so she. She waited until Holly, you know, made a mistake, and then she would, you know, try to take her down. That's how she wanted to fight. You know, Rhonda, you know, she just came in there, you know, you know, I'm just going to blitz this girl like I blitzed everybody else, and she, you know, she called a fade. That does. You know, it's all about strategy. It's not just about talent and ability. You have to have the right strategy to want to fight. And, you know, Misha came with the right strategy, and now she's the, she's the champion at 135. She pretty much lost the same way she beat Ronda Rousey. You know, I've followed this story, too. Holly Holm has been a guest on uh, Punch in the Face when we had that show, and I posted that interview, really telling interview with Holly Holm that uh, Brandon Stubbs did. And today I read this article, Dana White from the UFC, he had this to say about it. I feel bad for Holly. I don't know if Holly really feel really knows what she lost. I think she has so much faith in the people that surround her. She feels like, well, they got me this far. We had a meeting and Holly wasn't even in it. Holly, that's your life. You should be in that meeting. Don't leave it to these people. Anyway, Holly made a lot of money. She accomplished great things. She beat Ronda Rousey. But if she could have been, she could have been so much bigger. And the sad part is I don't even think she knows it. So, you know, at that time when Brandon did the interview with Holly, Holly said she was done with boxing for good. Um, Anxious to see how she bounces back. She was a true champion. She didn't tap. She let Misha Tate choke her out. And it was a wrap. So, 
You know, big up to Holly Holm. She'll bounce back because she seems like she has a oh, lot yeah. of character. I, she When she got knocked out by Anne Sophie Matisse and uh, her first fight with her, that was one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen, like male or female. And she, she bounced back and won the rematch. So, I mean, uh, if she rematches me, she did. I'm going to favor her to win because she was one of the most of the fight. I mean, she'll make adjustments and I'm like, you know, she'll, she'll come back. She, that's a true fighter for you. A true fighter can lose a fight and not mentally be broken like Ronda Rousey was. So that, that's my two-second shade for, for Ronda Rousey. You know. <laughs> um, and, and another almost upset over the weekend, you know, Antonio Margarito came back. He won the fight. He won the fight. He, he deserved to win, but it almost was a disaster. Uh, I'm thinking about the, the, the fifth or sixth round, Man, he caught a save from Jorge Pais, and Jorge Pais cannot punch. I mean, this guy is really like a light puncher, but he, he dropped Margarito. And Margarito is a guy that was known to have, like, this granite chin. And he just got dropped by a guy that can't even punch, who who, who really isn't even like a natural junior middleweight or anything. So that was, yeah, that was bad. But, but Margarito, he feels, he, feels, he feels great to be back, and uh, he, he said he's ready to fight anybody. Which is just, I mean, <laughs> he, he he is not ready for anybody. Yo, when he when he got dropped in the fight, like they put the camera on like his wife and daughter, and they were so upset, man. They they were like breaking down, crying. They was mm-hmm. like, yo, they 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 did not want to see anymore. So they 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 have no intention of of, of seeing Margarito fight the top. We we there. don't want to see any more of him either. <laughs> Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God! Stop fucking lying! I want to. I bet who do want to see Margarito get a fade? I bet you Miguel Cotto want to watch it. Oh man, speaking of Miguel Cotto, they, they talk about having him on pay per view against guess who? James Kirkland. Wow! I uh, I mean, really? <laughs> James Kirkland pay per view? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know you're not lying. That that I mean it's bad. I mean it's just absolutely horrendous. Like who who wants that fight? But I guess it it, it moves toward. No, I think uh, around the same time because it, it would be in um in, in summer, and uh, Juan Marquez is also coming back in summer uh, in Mexico against you know some you know probably journeyman. It's just you know a comeback fight, you know, to come sharp, and they want to they want to make the the Marquez Cotto fight like they the negotiations for that are actually real, unfortunately. So maybe maybe we hey. see Cotto against Marquez in the fall. If they make Cotto against Kirkland, I can go out and do my jaywalking question again of who's a better boxing promoter, Jay Z or Fifty Cent, and why. So hey, <laughs> hey, that's, that's a good one. Man, we could have a freestyle battle. Okay, who wins a freestyle battle between Jay Z and Fifty Cent? RB, go um, freestyle battle. Jigga. Uh, obviously, Jay Z. This is obvious. Yeah. I mean, right, right. Jay Z's in the running for like you know one of the greatest rappers ever. Fifty Cent was, was hot for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not a debate. <laughs> yeah. All right, carry on, carry on. Okay, um, Billy Joe Saunders is having his first WBO middleweight title defense against the one, the only, Max Burzak. 
Yeah, it's just not a good fight. It's it's bad. <laughs> but he he said it's just a same busy fight, and he he claims he'll be ready to fight Triple G in the summer. So you know, there's that. <laughs> Billy Joe Santos is fighting Max Burzak, and that would be on April thirtieth. And I he don't know why. He this, I, this fight is going to get him ready for a Triple G in the summer. <laughs> Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god! Stop fucking lying! Here's the thing: his promoter said he would have to look very impressive against Burzak. Well, obviously he'd have to look very impressive, but even if he does, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. So, exactly. There's that. Today is March the ninth, and on Saturday, uh, March twelfth. CBC is, is doing a live stream of uh, an exhibition between Sean Porter and Leonardo Tyner, which is interesting. Uh, I guess uh, Porter is just, you know, tired of waiting around for Keith Thurman to get his act together and, then, you know, stop getting car accidents and then having injuries and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> this, this, this is... <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Sean Porter will be doing an exhibition. Uh, you can watch it on the internet. That should be, you know, mildly entertaining, I guess. And uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters, it looks like they are headed to Madison Square Garden on June the 11th. They were originally expected to be on April 30th. So, you know, even though it's delayed, as long as it's happening, you know, very good fight. Um, And some unexpected news, Richard Abril has finally come out of hibernation and is signed with Lou DiBello. So, for all the April fans out there in the world, your man is finally back, and we'll probably see him on some PBC show. I mean, we, he hasn't fought since he successfully defended his WBA lightweight title against Edith Tatley on September 20th in 2014. Uh, see, apparently, he was stricken with the dang fever uh, that he contact, contracted from a mosquito when he was training in Cuba to defend his title against Derry Matthews in early 2015, and it's just taken him, like, a very long time to get healthy. So now he's back, and uh, well, he'll be back in the ring. That's just crazy. I mean, it's, it's 2016, and, and stuff like dang fever from a mosquito bite is still keeping world championship boxes out of commission for, for over a year. Damn mosquitoes. they got to get some citronella candles around that gym. <sighs> Now, in, in very unfortunate news, Roy Jones Jr. is going to be fighting again. And, and this mm. time, it, it's, it's an unknown 33-year-old MMA fighter named Byron uh, Phillips. He, <laughs> he has a 5-3 a record in MMA. Um, I, I think they call this the, the Euro um, fight on pay-per-view or something. It, it's about Roy, you know, fighting, a, I guess, a fan, but they... But, you know, the State Athletic Commission, you know, wouldn't let him just fight, you know, any fan. He had to be, like, a licensed professional athlete. Just, I guess, didn't have to be boxing. So, he's a, he's a boxing fan that, that happens to be an MMA fighter. So, they let it go. Well, we don't uh, believe you. You need more people. <laughs> so, Phillips, he gets $100,000 if he wins the fight. But he's not going to win the fight. I, I, Roy could be 50 or 60 years old. He's not going to lose to somebody that doesn't know how to box. It's just not what happened. You, you know what's sad, though? Hey, you know, a hundred k, a hundred k on a Russian pay per view is more than 
I think it was Christian Mahares who fought Leo Santa Cruz. I forgot what pay-per-view. That's more than – it was somebody who fought Leo Santa Cruz, and they only got like 90, 90K. So this random-ass person is making more than, you know, than most of Santa Cruz's opponents. You know, this, are we still on the whole Roy Jones thing? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I think the the biggest problem that I have with this fight, you know, look, we all know that Roy Jones is not going to retire anytime soon. My biggest issue is that the fucking Arizona State Commission actually gave these people a promoter's license and is sanctioning the fight. That is my problem. Like, Arizona, I think they'll do anything. They're so desperate to bring quote unquote big fights to Phoenix that they'll let something like this go down in Phoenix. I mean, it's a mockery of our sport. And, you know, I'll tell you guys a little something personal that, you know, a few weeks ago I actually applied for my promoter's license in Phoenix. I was thinking about running some club shows again. And, you know, they questioned you know, a $200 item on my credit report. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll pay that off tomorrow. It was from, like, years ago. I didn't even know. And I'm thinking, you know, you questioned my license application over a couple hundred dollars, but you're approving a Roy Jones fight? And, you look, it's it's so... Shady, and it's so disgusting. I mean, I I can't even believe that this is being approved. That's a damn shame. Well, well the undercard well, is is equally interesting. Who's on it? MMA fighters Chael Sonnen and, and Michael Bisping are going to fight. Fight. It's going to be a, a grappling match. Yeah, a grappling match. Bisping, who just beat Silva. Uh, Michael Bisping and Shane Shell Sonnen. Uh, one of the guys, Shell Sonnen, he fought Anderson Silva a while back. And uh, Michael Bisping, I think he just had a. Uh, I think he fought Silva too. Oh, I have to check. Uh, my, my MMA knowledge is not on par. Yeah, they're having like some kind of grappling match. I'm, I'm not sure the rules specifically. specifically. You're right. You're right. It yeah. was uh, Michael Bisping, because I went to that media day. He just beat Anderson Silva. So since he beat Anderson Silva at the conclusion of the fight, is he going to call out Roy Jones Jr.? Since uh, Silva can't do it anymore? <laughs> Probably. Probably. I mean, I hope not, but that that's definitely on the table. Uh, also on the card is going to be a, a, a pro wrestling match between former WWE superstars, um, Rey Mysterio Jr. and... Uh, Kurt Angle, uh, they're, they're just really mixing it up on this pay per view, and, and they, they even have like a look. They even have MMA fight too. Legit MMA fight too. This, this that, is that some. This is some. This is So the MMA fight is going to be between Tank Abbott and and Dan Smurf. <laughs> These guys like fought, I think, back in the nineties when like the UFC was was new and like you know. Kind of, kind of crazy. It's just like the wild, wild west back then. But, but man, to fight now, I mean, they're just like old and out of shape. It's, well, it's crazy. But yeah, that is the the Roy Jones pay per view. Yeah, let let's move on. I don't think I want to talk about any more MMA <laughs> or UFC on the news blast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is what Roy Jones Jr. decided to promote. Oh God! Let, let's talk about. Can you? I don't know. Maybe it's in your notes, but the weekend fight with 
um, Antoine Douglas and Julian Williams and oh, and yeah. all that I stuff. I mean, that, the Antoine Douglas fight probably was the fight of the weekend. He was mm-hmm. in hell. Uh, look, he, he he caught a bad break when Sam Solomon, you know, had recurring knee problems because that would have been a much easier fight for him. This guy, Tornado Curtis, who who I've been a fan of for a long time, uh, you know, hasn't really been in a meaningful fight since he lost to Stan and Dom, uh, uh, like I think it was back in like 2011. But he finally got his chance again, and I was only worried because he's too old now, because he's like 37 or something, and you know, he's very short, but. The guy is relentless. He just he's coming for you from the beginning of the fight to the end of the fight. And, you know, Douglas showed moments of, of greatness, honestly. But he just could not sustain. And Chris, I said after the fight, you know, he, he just wasn't strong enough. He's a, he's a very good fighter. Like Douglas, you know, he had, you know, fantastic combinations and, and movements. He just he just could not keep Chris Hyde off of him. So Chris mm-hmm. just kept, kept moving forward and, uh, you know, eventually got the knockout. It, it was... <laughs> It was really heartbreaking, you know, and it was really tough to watch. It was a great fight, but, you know, Sam Solomon, I, I guess he had to pull out of the fight, right, because he was injured right. a few weeks ago. And so they get, you know, Antoine Douglas, who was supposed to be Showtime's next big thing. He was like their next big star coming out of Showbox. They were really trying to build him up and, and make him, you know, their guy on their network. And, man, what a dog fight, and I felt so bad for Douglas, and, you know, Ryan, I want to get your opinion because I feel like social media was really, really tough on his corner. And they're saying, they, you know, the corner should have stopped it sooner, that it's their fault. Take on that because, I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't – I didn't have the same sentiment. I mean, he kept fighting back. I mean, no, no fighter wants to, to go out on, on their stool when, when they're still capable of fighting. Like, you don't know if your opponent is – could at any time just decide to quit himself or you know he just you know an injury happens or you know he just he just breaks so anything can happen in the fight so i mean as long as you you know have enough to continue and you know you're not like immediately sure that something uh eminently bad is going to happen to you you should keep going because it was a hard fight you know the other guy was getting yeah. beat up too like he was he was on the verge of being stopped one time I, I think around the fourth round or the fifth round i said to my sister i think this kid is concussed I mean, he was really taking major punishment, major blows. Uh, you know, for him to to last as long as he did, I was shocked. And, and, you know, he was heartbroken after the fight. My God, it was just, that was a tough fight. And he's a young gun, and hopefully they'll bring him back right. And, you know, I, I don't want to beat up the corner too bad. It's really, really tough, you know, when you start blaming the trainers. And I guess there are some fights where we can look back and say, yeah, that was definitely the corner's fault. But, you know, you hate to... I hate to blame the corners like that. I'm sure it's not a good feeling for them. Right. Right. So that that was um, fight number two of a, a triple header, I believe. First fight mm-hmm. with Tony Harrison and Fernando Guerrero. Tony, oh, you know, he did, he did what he was expected to do. What the hell? <laughs> you know, what the hell happened to Fernando Guerrero? Jesus Christ. <laughs> He looks like he spent more time in camp picking up that ugly-ass outfit than he actually spent training. What the hell didn't happen to him? He, he lost before he even got in the ring with them boots with the fur, and fur it, was, and it was awful. It was awful. Horrible. Yeah, then the main event, you know, Julian Williams, he dominated like he was expected to do. Now he is the, you know, IPF mandatory for the, the junior middleweight title. 
and Jamal Shaw has to make a decision. Is he, is he going to vacate or is he going to fight him? If he fights him, I think it's a great fight. You know, it's a very, it should be like a very evenly matched fight on paper. And I'm, I'm very curious as to who, who will win it. Obviously, I'm rooting for Julian, but it's it's just not a short thing that Julian wins that fight. And that, that's like the first time I would say that about a Julian Williams fight. Like every other fight, it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to win this one. He's going to win this one. He fights Jamal Charlo. I hope he's going to win. I'm not sure. But yeah, I just you want to argue me. I, I spoke to Julian yesterday for about a half hour, and I spoke to him today for maybe another 15 minutes. And, you know, he just said, look, Jamal has to take this fight. You know, he made me fight through all these eliminators to get, you know, to become the mandatory. He's got to fight me, or if not, he's going to really tarnish his career, you know. And he he just really thinks he could beat Jamal um, at this point. You know, nobody knows the location. I mean, Jamal's saying, like, yeah, I'll fight him, but Ronnie Shields seems to kind of still be the problem. Uh, Ronnie Shields does call a lot of the shots, so I think it's going to be pretty much up to him. But what I'd like to do is I'd like to try to get Julian on the show next week, and a lot of what he told me yesterday and today was pretty wise, and it was pretty good, and I'd love for him to uh, elaborate and let everyone hear what he was saying. But he really wants the fight to go down. Uh, we know that Jamal walks around really, really heavy. He walks around anywhere between 180 to 190, and that's that's the biggest problem is that he has a lot of problems making 154. So if he's fighting a bunch of stiffs and a bunch of five, six guys, you know, it's it's not a problem. But when you got to get up and, and fight a real fighter and you got to make that weight, you know, now, now the contemplation comes in like, well, do I vacate or do I fight this guy? You know, so does, does he want to smoke with Julian? You know, I think right now it's it's tough to call. All right. Well, back to some other news. Uh, Deontay Wilder against Alexander Bervekin is officially headed to Russia. You know, Bervekin thrown a one purse bid last week, and they, they, they've decided that it's not going to be in the United States, so they've taken it to Mother Russia. So will the bronze bomber be able to hold on to his title in Russia? That is the question. He certainly is not going to be the favorite to do so. Uh, who would you pick in that fight? Between who Wilder and Bervekin. Deontay Wilder, Alexander Bervekin. Uh, you know, once Wilder beat Severn, I, I kind of said I wasn't going to pick against him anymore. And I actually picked him to beat uh, Severn. But I'm going to go with our guy, man. I, I want to see Wilder win. I'm going to pick him to win. If it, if it does end up if in Russia, that's going to be really Russia, tough for him to win really on the card. It's, it's I'm going to go with Wilder as well. I'm going to go with Wilder because uh, if he watches that fight, that um, klitschko can fight, if he uses his side, you know, obviously Klitschko is a lot sturdier than him. If he just lays on Povetkin for the whole fight, hey, he could do the same thing Klitschko did. Yeah, that that definitely is an effective game plan. But I mean, I think if that were to happen again, they would have the referee disqualify Wilder. <laughs> because, to be honest with you, Klitschko should have gotten disqualified. Yeah, you know, he's, 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 you know, been champion a decade. He's, he's more famous than any you know, heavyweight boxer. And like the last, you know, since Lennox Lewis. So, I mean, never going to qualify him. He's just too big of a moneymaker. Wilder, on the other hand, up and coming guy. Yeah, I just don't think the judges would be as kind. Uh, not the judges, the referee would be as kind to him as, as they were to Klitschko. Not that hard. But yeah, you know, we'll see. Not that hard. Yeah, it's also just it's not in Wilder's kind of uh, 
the generally the way he fights. Like Klitschko had a history of you know clinching and leaning on guys. That that wasn't like he did it excessively against Pavekin, but it wasn't a new strategy for him. For for Wilder to do it, it would be a completely new strategy. So that's so that's why I'm thinking it's not going to be that kind of fight. And hey, whoever gets clipped first, I think is, is going to be out of there because both these guys can punch. <laughs> In other news, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. injures his left heel and cannot face oh. Badu Jack in April. He is hoping the fight will be pushed back to sometime in you know May or June. You know May or June. What his big ass got plantar fasciitis from doing road work? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that, that, that's the life of Chavez Jr. What can I tell you? Well, he, you know, this is what happens when you're not a full time fighter. And then when you actually do train, you are actually more prone to injury. So I'm not surprised that he hurt his ankle or anything else because when you're not training every day and then you go in there and try to give 100% for the cameras so that we believe that you're training, yeah, you're going to get hurt. Yep. I actually feel bad well, for Badu Jack. We don't believe he was probably you. You need make, more people. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Badu Jack. He was probably going to make the biggest payday ever, you know, anywhere from a million to a million five to fight Chavez. And, you know, Chavez is just so consistently inconsistent, inconsistent. So, yeah. Indeed. I think the only major fight we haven't talked about from over the weekend was um, the, 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 Soli, I mean, the, uh, the Tony Thompson against uh, Luis Ortiz fight, which was, you know, it was obvious what was going to happen. No, but what was not obvious was what Jesse Vargas taking down Saddam Ali like that. No, yeah, that that uh, the, the co-main event was was definitely definitely stole the show. But uh, Luis Ortiz moves on. He's probably going to fight Alexander Usmanov next. Golden Boy would like to put it on the Canelo against uh, Khan undercard since since Matisse uh, had to pull out because he's got the lingering eye in it, uh, eye injury from the, the postal fight. So um, they would like Lewis Ortiz to be on it. They they would put him on against anybody except they have to do the Dusanoff fight next because it's a WBA, WBA mandatory fight. And, you know, the WBA has this, this tournament going on, so he has to fight with Sonoff next. They're not sure if they can come sure. to an agreement on time. And uh, if it has to go to first bid, then it just, it just won't be on pay-per-view. But I mean, that is a decent uh, pay-per-view on the card. Usman is not bad. Shame on Twitter for calling Matisse Matisse Rito. I see you, Twitter. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, no, Matisse's eye is just. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same again. He should take a lot of time off. I think just like Margarito did. So let's see. Who's fighting this weekend? Not much going on Friday. Saturday, there's that David Lemieux, James De La Rosa fight, which uh, got picked up by Fox Deportes, in case you wanted to watch it. It, It's not a good fight. If you like David Lemieux, you can watch him. Nah. (laughs) Um, Jurgen Bramer, he's fighting Edward Gutnick for the WBA regular light heavyweight title. The first fight was a good fight, but uh, Gunnick has has lost a step or two since, and I'm not expecting a great deal. But we shall see. That's over in Germany. Let's see. 
what is going on in the United States? Why can't I think of? Well, in the United Kingdom, I think we have the, the biggest card. Trey Flanagan against Jerry Maguire is going to be a lightweight title. Be a lightweight title. And hey, Zab, Zab's fighting. <laughs> Zab, Zab Judah. Yeah. Zab Judah is finally fighting this weekend. We'll see. We'll uh, see. We haven't made it to the all about that. yet. Yeah, yeah, he's fighting Josh Torres. Pretty much it this weekend. That Terry Flanagan and Darren Matthews card is going to be on Box Nation. That's, that's, you know, the card to watch. And, you know, if you live in the United States, you'll probably have to stream out on the Internet. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. Not not exactly a big week for boxing. So if you have something better to do this weekend, I suggest doing it. All right. Are we are we done with the news there, Ryan? Yep. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up. Um, Deandra asked me to close the show for us, so we will be back next Wednesday night. We're going to try to get J-Rock on the show with us, so... Um, be ready for that. Make sure you tune in. We'll be back Friday morning on the Morning Punch and Show. And everyone, thank you for listening in. I think our hour is up. Jay, thanks for holding it down behind the scenes. Ryan, thank you for the news. And we'll check everybody out next week. This is Harold Letterman, and thank you for listening to Bad Culture Radio. I used to let the mic smoke, now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on, cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder, damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict, addicted to music, maybe it's a habit, I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm, I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and proceeding, every show you see me in deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian.